Welcome to Crystal Clear Finances, where we understand that finances, well, they can be confusing. But you don't have to face it alone, and you can have confidence for every financial decision. My name is Crystal Langdon. I'm a certified financial planner, qualified kingdom advisor, founder of Crystal Clear Finances, and your host for the next 30 minutes. Now, today we're going to talk about the cold hard facts. That's right. We've been talking about the softer side of money. We've talked about how the memories we have, well, they can mess things up. We got to make sure that we're acting upon facts. So we need to look at the memories. We've talked about mindsets, how we begin to believe things and how it affects our actions when it comes to finance. Notice a theme there. And we've been talking about those myths, things that we thought were true, but really aren't. All those areas, the mindsets, the memories, and the myths impact how we view finances, how we act towards finances, and I believe they even impact the results that we have with finances. And that's why it's so important when we're talking about wealth, we're not just talking about the cold, hard numbers, and we're not just talking about the softer side of money, but we really integrate both sides of the coin. So today, the side of the coin that we're going to focus on is the cold, hard numbers. And the reason for that, well, the IRS has announced some new numbers that they have on how much you can contribute towards your retirement. So I wanted to talk about how that impacts your 401k, a 403b, your simples, your SEPs. You get the idea. If we have time, we're even going to talk about Social Security because they've announced what the increase will be there. So I want to take time to really settle in and go over that information with you. Now, first area that I want to start with is when we talk about the numbers for a qualified plan. A qualified plan. Do you have one? Remember, qualified plan is your 401k, a 403b, a TSP, which is a thrift savings plan. Maybe it's your 457 plan. It's anything that qualifies as retirement. And how do you know if it qualifies for retirement? Well, chances are, if it qualifies for retirement, it means if you touch it before the age of 59 and a half, you know, you get the slap on the wrist and that 10% penalty. So qualified plans are ones where they say, we set this aside for your retirement. And you usually do them through your employer. Now, the thing is, when you have a qualified plan, you can put money in it, but they limit the amount you can put in it. Now, for some people, they're thinking, Crystal, I barely can get money in it. But there are other people that say, I wish I could put more so I could lower the amount that the government is taxing me on today. Those type of individuals are at a place in their working careers where they're making so much money that they believe by the time they retire, they will not have that type of income and would be taxed at a lower level. So they want to put away as much as possible. So when it comes to that, how much can they really put away? Well, that's what I want to talk to you about today because in 2024, so coming up next year, we can now contribute up to $23,000 into your employer-sponsored retirement plan. Or a better way to say that in English is you can usually put $23,000 in your 401k. People are looking at that was up last year. It was at $22,500. So they're giving you a little bit more room. 
And if you're 50 or over the age of 50, they have something called a catch-up provision because they know that you probably spent the money on taking care of your kids, raising your kids, and everything else kids-related. And so they let you have a catch-up provision of $7,500, which means if you are at a work environment where they offer a 401k or 403b, your part, the part that's automatically deducted from your paycheck, can total up to $30,500, which if you do that every year from the time you're age 50 till 65 or 70, yeah, there could be a little bit of money in there. So that's one of the things that we need to be aware of. Before we go further and we talk a little bit about the benefits of positive and negative of an employer-sponsored plan, it's important that you sit down and begin to make sure that you have your cash flow in place, that you understand what your employer plan offers you. Sometimes we have employer plans that say, hey, you can put this money in here. Oh, we're not adding any of our own, but good luck to you. You can put your money in. There's also other plans that they say, hey, we want to incentivize you. We want you to put money in. So we'll match and put money in there up to a certain percentage. So when you put money into a plan, that money, because it's your money you put in from your paycheck, that's yours. It's called immediately vested. But when the employer says, hey, I'd like to match some of what you've put in there. So I'm going to do a 2%, a 3%, or maybe even up to a 5% match. There's usually some type of vesting schedule, something that says, hey, I'm going to let you have this money that I put in here. I'll let you have 20% of it if you're still here after a year. And after two years, three years, four years, five years, by the time you get to the end of five years, everything I've put in, you can take with you. That's like another form of those golden handcuffs we've talked about before. So make sure when you're thinking about your 401k plan that you go through and you ask yourself, is there a match? And if there's not, is there a different place that may be wiser for you to put your resources? Again, not giving any recommendations over the radio, but if there's no match to it, what other options do you have available? If there is a match to it, When can you touch all that money? Now, I know we want to save it for retirement. I want you to save it for retirement. But what we have to realize is going into anything, you need to know the rules. You need to know the worst and uh, worst case scenario, the best case scenario. A lot of times they will vest it and they'll say for every year that you're with us, we'll give you 20% more rights to that money if you're going to take it. Because someone could work for someone for two years and then say, okay, I'm going to take all my money that was in my 401k plus now 40% of what you've given to me and I'm going to roll it over to my own IRA and I'm going to find another job. But if that's a pretty big penny that you have in there that you see they're contributing, some people may wait. And that's why it's important to understand. To finish out this little section, I just want to add one more thing. Why would we even do a qualified plan or 401k? Well, there could be some benefits to it. I know you hear me talk a lot about the importance of Roth and the importance of tax-free life insurance. But like when I look at a qualified plan, they have their place in it. If I've maxed out my Roth, if I have healthy uh, life insurance policies in place and I'm looking for some place to continue to lower the amount that I'll be taxed on and I'm getting a match on it and it has good funds, I might be using one. 
just be aware of this. Remember, when you put your money in your qualified plan, whew, don't have to pay taxes on it now. Also, remember when you put your money in the qualified plan, hey, you're going to pay taxes on it later. The, the game is, where do you think you're going to be tax-wise? Do you think you're going to be in a higher tax bracket in retirement because everything continues to go up and you're going to need to draw larger amounts? Or do you think you're going to be in a lower one and prices are going to go down and, gee, you're going to be able to get by with just barely anything, so there'll be no taxes at all? These are decisions, decisions that you need to make based upon what you believe is right for your family. Just go into it with your eyes wide open. All right, so let's talk about, we talked about the qualified plans, your 401ks, your 403bs, the TSPs, different components. Let's talk about your IRA. Have there been any changes when it comes to the IRA? Well, yes, there is. So in 2024, you can put up to $7,000 into your IRA. Now, if you're over the age of 50, 50 and above, you can put $8,000 in there. So again, these make a difference. Now, $8,000 a year, it's going to take a while to get a good pile of money sitting in there. And that's where you can do conversions from IRAs into your Roth and grow that amount. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But just understand when it comes to the IRAs or the Roth IRAs, there is a limit on what you're allowed to put in each year. Now, the IRA, again, it's going to act very similar to your qualified plan. Why? Because it's for your retirement. And so they're not wanting you to touch it before 59 and a half. Otherwise, you do get that penalty of 10%. The Roth, though, what's nice about the Roth, putting that 8,000 into the Roth if you're 50 and older, is to be able to know, hey, I at least have some bucket of money that's growing for me that's tax-free. So if I have some type of investment and I say, well, this investment's constantly making me dividends, it's con I know, what a problem to have, right? It's constantly generating a tax bill for me when I'm having it in a taxable account. Why don't I put those dividend payings into my Roth and then when the dividends are generated, I'm not paying any taxes on it. Little things about positioning the right type of investment in the right type of account is very important. And so for many people, having a Roth could be a good way that you could say, okay, I've got a tax-free bucket over here that I can put investments in. Now, when we look at this, there are different areas that you do need to be aware of as far as am I eligible to put money in a Roth IRA? Because you know, it sounds too good to be true. Well, there's a way that the government looks at this and says, wait a minute, if you make too much money, I'm not giving you a break on taxes. I was born at night, but like not last night. And so they have different levels. So let me just kind of go through here so that you understand the income phase out levels that apply to the Roths. So in 2024, the numbers have changed some. So I'm going to go over this a little slowly in case that you have a pen or paper, or you can just rewatch this again. All right, the numbers have increased between 146,000 to 161,000 for singles. So if you are single and that's the type of, you're making 200,000, and then you say, and I'd like to do a Roth. Okay, now we're looking at some problems, and that's why a lot of times people will talk about backdoor IRAs, because what happens is you look at this and you say, well, wait a minute, I'm making too much money, but 
I would like to have a tax-free type of investment. Yes, I have life insurance, but we all know what, that life insurance is not an investment. So people who do want to have an investment, they look at that Roth, and then if they're single, they're saying, um, I make more than 161000 adjusted gross income. What do I do? Many times what they'll do is put their money into, not all the money, whatever the limit will let you, whether it's 7000 or $8,000, and they'll put it into a non-deductible IRA. So they're putting it in there. They're not getting a write-off on it. And you'd think, why would I want to do that? Because they can get the money in there, and then they can transfer the money, roll over, convert the money into a Roth. Well, if they had worked with an advisor and the advisor kept it in cash once the money came in and didn't invest it so it didn't grow, when it converts over, there shouldn't be a taxable event that happens. And now they've got their money into the Roth. Now, this isn't something to just go do lightly because you have to realize, okay, so if I'm doing a Roth conversion, if I'm rolling that over, how will it impact all my other investments? So there's a lot of moving pieces there, but we're just talking generally, right? Giving you the concept that there are people who say, that's no, not fair. I want to have money in a Roth and there's ways to do it. Now, for those who are head of a household, the the income phase out is between 138,000 and 153,000 and then I'm just going to go ahead and tell the one for married couples filing jointly the income phase out range for that one for 2024 we're talking about is to, between 230,000 and $240,000 so understanding this so if you're married and then combined you have an adjusted gross income of more than 240,000 you may not be able to put money in directly into a Roth you may have to go through a backdoor route so lots of things to think about there we're going to take a quick break but before we go to the break just to summarize there are changes that are now happening next year and here we are heading into November, December. It's the time of year where you sit down and you begin to say, okay, what worked this year? What am I really pleased about? What do I want to duplicate next year? What are my opportunities for savings, investments, and insurance next year? And what are the limits and everything that's related to it? And then you can make a plan so that when you enter into 2024, you're not paying, playing catch up. You already know, okay, I know what my new limits are. So let's take a quick 60 second break and then we'll be back with more crystal clear finances. Just like soft skills are needed to have impact within a workplace, understanding the softer side of money can help individuals financially provide for themselves and those they love. This is Crystal Langdon with today's Financial Gem. Numbers are factual. One plus one does equal two, but that's math, not money. Just knowing math doesn't make you wealthy. Otherwise, we'd all be wealthy sitting on a beach somewhere. Learn the softer side of money found in your money mindsets, your money memories, and your money myths, and gain the confidence needed for every financial decision. Call 518-433-7181 today. And 
And we're back with more Crystal Clear Finances. My name is Crystal Langdon. It's such a pleasure that every week that you and I get to meet together, that we get to talk about finances, whether it's the softer side of money or we're looking at the other side of the coin and we're dealing with the cold, hard facts. But either way, combining those both together, that's what makes wealth. We're going to bring it the whole picture together, not leave one out. They both are needed. So today we're spending time talking about the numbers. We're going over, okay, what will a qualified plan allow me to do? And what is a qualified plan? We've talked about the IRA and the Roth. And now I want to talk a little bit, just quickly, about a simple and a SEP. Now, you might say, what is that? Well, if you're a business owner, hopefully you know what that means. So a simple is a savings incentive match plan for employees. All right. It's a plan that you put together to say, hey, I have a small company and you may have a small company, but it may be very profitable. It's really on the number of employees you have, not on your revenue. So you have this company and you say, I'd like to do something for my employees because in this environment, I don't want them leaving. I don't want them going down the street to someone else who will give them a retirement plan. But a 401k, just so you know, there is a lot of filing responsibilities with that. Once you start that, that's kind of hard to unwind. Whereas a simple says, all right, I want to do something for my employees, just like a SEP. Now, let me back up a little bit. And I'm going to talk just briefly about the SEP. Because the SEP allows you to put a retirement program together, but you're the only contributor. Your employees can't add more. And usually with a SEP, they usually do, okay, I'm going to do 2% of whatever you make. And I'm just going to give it to you because I'm so appreciative of the work you've done to help this business grow. I started with a SEP. But then it got to the place where my team was like, hey, we'd like to put more in there than you're putting in there. So how can we fix that? And so the SEP evolved into a simple and the simple allows, as an employer, to be able to say, listen, I will do a match up to what you want to contribute, very similar to the 401k. I'll do a match up to 3%, or I will just give you 2% of your salary. And then you choose which way you want to go. And what's nice by doing the match If you have some employees who are like, I'm not doing it, I'm taking all my money and I'm playing video games or whatever it is they want to do, you're not putting money into that account. But if you have someone who says, I am trying and I'm going to put 1% in there, then you match their effort. That's such a big thing that I found in finances, hard lesson that I had to learn as a certified financial planner was realizing I can't care more about your finances than you do. Well, having a simple allows you to say, you know what, you're going to put this much in, I'm going to match. And you can choose what percentage you want to match. Just once you put in place, you got to keep doing it. Now, there are some caveats where you can say, hey, we're going through a hard time. The market just crashed or whatever it is. And you can say, you know, for two years, I'm going to back off what my contributions are. And you can do that legally. But then after two years, they're like, yeah, okay, come on, chop, chop. Let's get this back up and rolling. So a simple is a very flexible way that your employees can begin adding to their plans. You can add to the plans. You don't have to do these huge filings that a 401k does. So as a business owner, I just want to put a shout out here. If that's something you're interested in, 
feel free to give us a call because we can set those up so that you're doing something for your employees and that they're allowed to do something for their retirement too. Now, there have been some changes in the simple. So when it comes to the simple right now, uh, right now in 2024, you can put $16,000 into it. Now, again, it's not like what we talked about with your 401k. You know, when we added in the catch-up provision, it was over $30,000. But $16,000 is more than the $8,000 if you're over the age of 50. Now, there is a catch-up provision. So there's a catch-up provision of $3,500. So the total that you can put into your simple is $19,500. Okay, that'll add up. That'll get some momentum if you start putting that in there. And so, and again, for compliance purposes, that's not guaranteed. But again, it's one of those things where, okay, I'm starting to get hopefully some compounding that's happening in the account. So for small business owners, yes, there have been changes. And also for you as an employee, if it's a smaller business and you have a simple, that's something that you can now think about of, hmm, in 2024, do I want to increase the amount that I'm putting in there? Now, let's talk about a fun one. And we'll probably end our discussion on this one because I want to talk about CLACs and QCDs. Okay, let me slow down. So what in the world is a CLAC? Well, a CLAC is a Qualified Longevity Annuity Contract. And what happens is, let's think about RMDs. When you're required that you need to take the RMDs, remember it used to be the April following the year you turned 70 and a half. That is not the case anymore. There used to be a 50% penalty. Again, not the case anymore. Now it's down to 25%. And when we look at this, one of the things that we need to understand is the required minimum distribution that they make you take from your retirement account is based upon December 31st total of the year before. So if you ended the year on an all-time high and your account is so large, that's what they put the factor against. But there are individuals who say, you know, I'm still working or I don't need this RMD right now. I, I will might need it later, but not right now. They can move a percentage of it over into this QLAC, this annuity, and say, I'm going to put it over here and I'm not going to touch it. Now, they will make you touch it till age at age 85. I, at least that's based on the current tax rate. But you can put that money over there and not pay taxes on it now because that's why, you know, they have you do the RMD. It's all really about the taxes because it's time for them to get the taxes. You can push it over there. So if you had at the end of the year, you had $500,000 sitting in your 401k, they say you got to take that. Maybe it's your IRA. You got to take your required minimum distribution. You can do the QLAC first and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. I put 100000 over here, it's rolled over into it, and then you don't have to worry about the taxes on it. And now when they say the required minimum distribution, they've said, oh, well, it was really only based upon the 400000 that you had in there. So there's different ways you can look at it and you can use it to help benefit your tax consequences. I don't know, benefit and tax consequences in the same sentence just kind of seems wrong. But one of the things that we need to know is that the dollar limit on premiums paid for a QLAC was increased to $200,000. 
So that's pretty cool, right? So that you can start putting that money over there. What I want to do, and I'm looking at the clock and realizing we may not have time to go through all of it, but is I want to talk about the positive and negatives of that. Because what happens is sometimes people hear this and they're like, what? I'm already retired. I can see a couple of people now in my mind who I'm going to get a call or an email from, and that's fine. You can email me. And they're going to hear this and say, oh, I immediately want to do a QLAC crystal. Go ahead. Put that money over there. We'll be fine. There are some positive things to a QLAC. There are some negative things to a QLAC. And that's like with anything in life. We have to look at the positive and negatives to see, is this appropriate or inappropriate for my situation? And once we're able to tell that, then we can talk deeper. So one of my jobs as a certified financial planner that I believe is to bring these ideas to the table in this format on a radio where I'm not recommending it to one person in particular, but I'm causing you to be aware that there's options out there that you may not have thought of. And instead of being forced to take your required minimum distribution at that time, you might have another alternative that may work better for you. So let's spend just a few moments. I'm going to look at the clock. We'll spend a few moments going over the positive and negatives. Let's talk a little bit about the negatives. When you move that money over into the QLAC, You need to understand there is a loss of control that comes with it. You know, there are many individuals who uh, do not like annuities. They think that they are horrible, horrible investments. And in some cases, I have to agree when I've seen them be used improperly. But when I've seen them be used properly and they were appropriate for the right type of client, they were a blessing for them. If someone takes money and they put it into this annuity and they have no other cash and all they're dependent upon is that annuity and the income stream it's going to provide them, let's pretend the income stream it's going to provide them was $4,000 a month. And they're like, $4,000 plus my social security, I'm going to be fine. And don't you know it, they need their roof fixed. Now, all of a sudden, they're scrambling because they took all their savings, they took everything they had, and they put this into an annuity, and now they don't have liquidity. Now, they're scrambling. Either they break the annuity, and then they pay 10 or 9% penalty in it, and it's just not usually not a good scenario. It is not usually a win-win for a client. But what we begin to understand is, If you do it properly and you had savings and you had money over here and you still had money in the IRA and you still have money in your Roth and, of course, you have your life insurance, you have all those pieces, then the benefit of the annuity is that the annuity can give you a lifetime income stream that you don't run out of. So you can live to 160 if you want because they have to pay you the money even though what you gave them is technically all gone. Now they're paying you more than what you put in. In exchange for that, you have to give up control, which for many people is a huge issue. But what if we only gave up control on 10% or 20% of our investments? You know, a lot of times when I'm sitting down with clients and they get excited about this and they're like, oh, Crystal, this is what I want. I want a whole bunch of annuities or I want a QLAC. I say, okay, let's breathe. (laughs) And then I look at it and I say, I don't feel comfortable 
anything more than 50%. If you're locking up more than 50%, what if you need to pivot? So I can understand saying, hey, what's the amount that I need to cover my core expenses? Okay, this is what my social security brings in. Okay, here's what my annuity or my QLAC will eventually bring in. Okay, that covers my core. Then everything else I have, that can cover what ebbs and flows, the trips, the different things that you need to do. But again, that goes back to what I said. One of the disadvantages of the QLAC is that when it's put in place improperly, then what happens is there is no control. Another area is with a QLAC, and I'm looking at the clock and realizing I'm going to continue this next week, I promise, um, is that you don't live, you may not live long enough for your eventual payouts and you're deferring your taxes, not avoiding. Now, I know I wanted to go into more detail. I will next week, but I didn't want to leave you hanging there because we need to understand what are the positive and negatives associated with that. So with that being said, I want to encourage you, if you have questions, if it's time for you to say, hey, I want to sit down and let's make a financial plan, then I would give our office a call and have a free initial consultation at 518-433-7181. And then, of course, join us next week as we continue to provide financial clarity so that you can have confidence for every financial decision. Thank you and God bless. This program is for educational purposes only. We understand that finances are complex. Facing them alone causes stress, resulting in wrong choices, missing out on opportunities, and having to settle for a lower standard of living. At Crystal Clear Finances, our team approach focuses on providing clarity and confidence so you can make the right financial decisions. Investment advisory and financial planning services are offered through Alpha Star Capital Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Clear Finances and Alpha Star are separate and independent entities. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.